0: Everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today, and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. For the record, uh, August 10th, of next month, August 10th, we're going to have the Hall of Famer, Mariano Rivera, come and close the series. He's going to come and share his story on how he lived his life throughout his baseball career on the mound. And I say that to say this, that everyone in life has been called to live life on the mound. And I said last Sunday there are two things that we're called to do as we live life on the mound. We're called to sow. We're called to give in order to receive. The assignment of the pitcher on a mound is to sow, to throw, to give. And the immediate result of sowing is reaping. And I believe where God wants to take us as a church, where God wants to take us this summer, he wants us to understand the importance of sowing and reaping. The confidence that there is in knowing that everything I lay out, I'm going to receive it. Because it's an irrevocable law. Matter of fact, Jesus said, "Do not be fooled. God cannot be mocked. Everything that the man sows, everything he's going to reap." And so we talked about several things that we must sow. We talked about the importance of understanding that in a baseball field, the highest terrain in the field is the pitcher's mouth. All eyes are on the pitcher. Seventy to eighty percent of the time you watch a baseball game on television, the camera is focusing on the pitcher, and he controls the game, and everything revolves around this individual standing here seven innings. I'm here to tell you, friend, that we've all have been called by God to stand in the in, in the pitcher's mound of life. Some of y'all are probably first inning, second inning. Some of y'all at the seven. Inning stretch. But regardless the inning you're in, you've been called to occupy disposition. With disposition, this there's pressure. You have enemies booing you. You have fans expecting you to win. This, and so the pressure is on to be where you're at today. And I'm here to tell you that you can do it. I'm here to tell you that you can overcome. I'm here to tell you that in this game called life, you can win. You can win. So that's what we talked about last Sunday. Today I want to talk about the importance of understanding that although you've been called to be on the mound, it takes a team to win games. It takes a team. Mariano Rivera, one of the greatest closers of baseball. Imagine if he would pitch the pitch. And the catcher would miss it, Posada. Imagine you throw the pitch, man on first, man on second, and the catcher would miss the catch. Everybody's role is paramount. Everybody's role is important. And so today I want to encourage you, friend. I want to encourage you, church, that every role you play in the body of Christ, that every role you play in the church is important to God. And it is also important to us as well. You've been called for an assignment. Never minimize, never minimize your gift. Never minimize your calling. Never let people say, oh, he's, he's just this. or she just works in that department. Oh, he just does that. No, no, no. We need your role to be played to the fullest so that the entire team could win. You are needed in the body of Christ. And so I want to encourage you today. We all have been called to win. Now, let me tell you, I am very competitive. My boys are very competitive. My brothers are very competitive. You know, they are people that they play just for sport. I don't play for sport. I play to win. And every time I see like I'm losing, I, I, I'm out. Time out, I'm out. <laughs> no, nah, I don't do that. I don't, I, I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose. And whether it's basketball, right, whether it's dominoes, if I'm playing dominoes, and you throw me a chuchazo and a capicu, and I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm, I'm just, I'm just my, my blood is hot. Because I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose in basketball. I don't like to lose in sports. I don't like to lose. I don't like, because we all have been called. We all have this thing in us that we all want to win, right? Seldom of us play just to play. We play to win. But I'm here to tell you that not always in life you're going to win. Not always in life, everything you plan out in life will come out exactly the way you planned it to be. In life, we plan for excellence. We plan for the greatest. We plan to win. But sometimes, let me tell you, sometimes in life, life has a way of making things more challenging for us. Didn't you know that Thomas Edison? Thomas Edison, the dude who invented the light bulb. Look, he tried... Over a a 1,000 times and trying to get the bulb working. And the more he tried, it wouldn't work. The more he tried, it wouldn't work. But look at his perspective on every attempt he tried that he failed. Thomas Edison said this, I have not failed 999 times. I just found 909 ways that didn't work. His perspective on failure was, I'm going to get back up again, and I'm going to do it another way. His perspective on failure was, this is not going to get the best out of me. His perspective on failure is, I now learn what not to do so that I can try something new. Let me tell you, church, sometimes we let failure keep us downcasted. Sometimes we let failures keep us in the background. But I'm here to tell you, do not, the Bible says, if the just, the righteous fall seven times, get back up again. Failure, listen, Failure only exposes you to new possibilities to be better. And so just like Thomas Edison, Mariano Rivera as well, this guy this guy was the closer of the game. and, I, and I, if you don't know about baseball, then you don't know what the pressure is. The pressure of a closer is he has to make sure that if his team is winning, that, that last inning, no other batter hits a home run, hit, has a double, makes it to the home plate. His job is to make sure that the team closes the game with a win. Of all nine innings, Mariano was only, he was only on the field for one inning, the ninth inning. And his job was looking at the catcher, and the catcher's going like this. And he's right there. And everybody's booing him, and everybody's screaming against him. And everybody's saying, Mariano, you suck and you ain't good. And, and there's a bunch of a whole bunch of signs. And Mariano don't care what nobody is saying. His eyes are focused on the objective. Because his goal is: I'm going to close, I'm going to seal, I'm going to win this game. And he had three and three three outs to make this happen. And even though. It was only one inning and three outs to close the game. This was the most important part of the game. The Yankees could have been playing a great game, but if in the last inning, Mariano flunked, the team would have been lost. Let me tell you that as a church, we too should be at the best. We too should be the best at saving and closing games. Let me tell you that as a church, our job should be to save, to win. To be the type of church that is a win in this community. That is the type of church that is a win in this environment. God has called us to save the game and to win the game. To close it. Let me tell you, the pressure is on. If Mariano blew up that pitch, everybody lost. I'm here to tell you, church, your family depends on your leadership. The people you serve over... Depend on your integrity. It's important that we live a life knowing the responsibility with being on the mound. Everybody wants to be on the mound because, when well, you know, this is the most exposed position in the field. But I'm going to tell you, like the apostle. Let me tell you. Peter Parker's uncle, the apostle said, with much. Come on, you know, this, you know the scripture? Which with great power comes great responsibility. That's an apostolic word for somebody today. Receive it in Jesus' name, Uncle Ben's name. (laughs) If he blew it, the team would lose. So that's why I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, church, I'm here to tell you, friend, that you play a paramount role in the life of the church. I'm here to tell you, church, that I, I, I play a small part in the game. But my small part is an important part. You play a small part in the game, but your small part is important. You know how many people have decided to make this church their church by the parking ministry? You know how many people decided to make this church their church by getting a free cup of coffee and the smile they got at the source? It wasn't because they heard, it wasn't when they got a coffee, the girl in the back said, this is what the Lord said, cometh thou with Up and hear thee. No, 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 no prophecy, no speaking in tongues. It was, hi, welcome to our church, we love you. That small detail had a big impact in some of y'all that are here today. We all play a small part, but it's an important part in the life of the church. Every part in the body is important. We need every part in this church to do its function in order for the body to work and operate properly. I don't know how many of you guys know, but, but listen, listen. One of the greatest pains I've ever had in my life was a toothache. How many of you guys ever had a toothache? Mm, the ones in the back, the molars. Ugh. Oh, God, Jesus. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about a toothache at 2 in the morning. Oh, my God. And the dentist is closed. And you put ambusol, that don't work. You get Advil, that don't work. You get, you get everything. Nothing works. And you just say, oh, oh, oh. And you can't sleep. And you're hot. And you got a headache. And you're crying. And you say, oh, Lord Jesus. And you're binding demons. The demons, they got nothing to do with your molar. Stop eating candy and cookies and cream. But anyway. And you're there, oh, oh, oh. And it's crazy how something so small like a tooth in your mouth distorts your whole body. It paralyzes your whole Have you ever had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and your pinky hit the bureau? And you can't see it. And all of a sudden that little the pinky toe with the big fat corn in it, you know, the one, you know, you jab it on the bed. Or you jab it on, on the couch, on, on, on the edge of the, of the furniture, and and and, and you're like, ah, ah and, and your your whole body, your face gets ugly, you start tearing in one little eye, you start swaying, your whole body collapses because a little toe, because a, a little toe experienced pain. And this is this is this is what the body the body does. When 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 that little toe. Feels a sensation of pain, it sends a message to the brain, and then the brain sends a message to every part of the body and says, "Alert! Alert! Alert! Eh, 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 emergency!" The whole body stops because to the mind it matters. The to toe. I'm going to tell you, we are the body of Christ, and you matter in the body of Christ, regardless of the role you play, regardless of the function. Listen, there are people in this church. That you have a title, you have a position, and then there's some of you all that you don't do nothing in the church, you just come. Let me tell you how it's important for you to keep coming because we could be serving and serving, but if you don't come, who are we gonna serve? So even those that come to church, it's important that you understand that your presence is important to the body of Christ. So that's why we don't have the luxury. I'm not going to church today. They don't need me. Yeah, we need you, we need you to come. We need you to understand that every time you wake up in the morning, Sunday morning, you are becoming part of the church and your role is to show up, my role is to preach, her role is to give you coffee, his role is to put you in the parking. But if you don't do your role, the church can't do theirs. We all play a catalyst role in the body of Christ. Because every part of the body is important. And I just want to tell you church, we've all been given a task. We've all been given a gift. We've all been given talents. We all have a calling. And all of those parts help build the body. All of the parts, all of your members are designed to build the body. Look what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Paul says, Christ gave gifts to men. He gave to some the gift of missionaries. Some of y'all came back from Cuba. Some to be preachers. Others to be preachers who go from town to town. He gave others the gift to be church leaders and teachers. In other words, he's saying there is diversification of gifts that I've given to everybody. Verse 12 says, these gifts help his people work well for him. And then the church, which is the body of Christ, will be made Wrong. Let, let, let me give you the picture because Paul says, The body of Christ. Put that verse. Yeah. The body of Christ. When I look at myself in the mirror, I see my body. Right? 20 years ago, when I would see my body, I had a six pack. Believe it or not. I had little muscles up here, I had wings right here. When well, my wife would see me you know, like this in my town. It was Georgia, the jungle. I mean, it was just crazy, right? Right? And I would look at myself and... I would flex, right? 20 years later, I don't see now what I see then because I've expanded more territory in Jesus' name. But when when I come out the shower... I look at myself in the mirror every day, every day. I want to see that I get it. There's something else grows. I'm okay. You know, I'm making sure that I'm okay because, because p- part of my dynamic every morning is when I take a shower, I look at myself in the, I look at my body in the mirror. I want you to know that you, you are a part of the member. You're a member of the body of Jesus Christ. And metaphorically speaking, Jesus looks at his body every single day. Now, 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 let me tell you, so, 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 let me tell you, the older you get, the more you realize the value the insignificant parts of your body. Let me say this, there, there are members in your body that you have never seen, but if they decide to take a break, you wouldn't live. If your heart that you've never seen decides to take a 40-minute break, go to the bathroom, watch Netflix, come back. By the time it comes back, you'll be dead. If your liver decides to take a break and not do it, if, 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 if your lungs decide, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a 40-minute nap. I'm tired. I've been, for the past 30 years, I'm going to take a little break. If your lungs decide to take a break, yeah, we don't see it, and sometimes because we don't see it, we disregard its importance. But I'm here to tell you, church, I'm here to tell you, you play a significant role. You know what, you, you know what my new theology is? My new theology with the body is? They're, I'm beginning to value some parts of my body. Let me give you an example. The hairs on my nose, the hairs in my ears, we, don't, we, we take those things for granted. Did you know that if you don't have hairs in your ears or in your nose, you could be exposed to get fever, to get sick? And what the hairs in your nose does is protects you. That's why when you got hairs in your nose and something comes in that doesn't long, you sneeze it out. And when you have hairs in your ears, it blocks from anything to come in to cause you to get fever and headaches and all that stuff. Significant. A piece of hair is doing its job every single day so you don't get a headache. A piece of hair in your ear is fighting a fight every single day so you don't get an earache. A piece of hair in your nose. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter whether you're a pastor, whether you're whatever, whatever position you're playing, every position is paramount towards the body. And when Jesus is on the mount looking at the body of Christ, he is saying, I see the heart working, but the toe ain't working. I see the fingers working, but the ear ain't working. Every piece of the body of Christ has got to be functional so that the body can grow. So I'm here to tell you, church, your role in the church is needed. I could be pitching great pitches, but if the catcher doesn't catch, they're going to score a run. I need you. God is saying, I need you. Jesus, the body of Christ, Jesus is saying, I need the body to work so that we can save games. Games. So that we can save lives. So that we can close. So that we can win to the glory of God. But you cannot disregard your role and say, ah, I'm not, you know, what I do is, do. no, don't disregard it. Don't minimize it. In John chapter 6, verse 1 through 14, there's a story about a young guy who all he had was a couple of fish and a couple of bread. Five breads and two fish. And Jesus was sitting amongst 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And all of a sudden, everybody got hungry. And the only one who had food was this young guy. Five pieces of bread and two fish it didn't look like enough it didn't logically it didn't even make sense how can something small a small meal bring about a big miracle but that's that's the greatness about your role in the body of Christ that God can take something small in your life put it in the hands of a big God and God has a way of taking small things in your life to make them glorious for his name So however small a thing may be in our hands, in God's hands, it will be used for something great. It isn't the big things that have the greatest impact. It's the small things. That's why Jesus said, if you had faith the size of a... I don't need to have faith the size of the Empire State Building. No. Something small can move something big. Something small can move the mountain. Small faith can move big things. Small obedience can bring about great results. Small service can bring about growth in the church. Small service can bring about transformation. I'm here to tell you, church, you are part of something big, but you have to understand that your small role is quintessential. And friends that are here today, God brought you here this morning to tell you he wants you in the house. And even though you might not know, what am I going to do if I come to Jesus? Don't worry about that. The fact that you're part of the number, God's going to use you for his glory as well. Your part is important. And I want to tell you from this pulpit, I want to tell you again. Your part is important. And listen to me. You are important as well. You're important. You matter. Your role in this church is paramount. Your role in this church is quintessential. You are necessary in the life of this church. And we need you. We're a team. We're a family. Trying to win the world for Jesus in our city. But your role is important. But here's what you got to do. You got to realize the necessity of understanding the power of working in unity. We have to work united. It's like you have a a screwdriver, right? And you got a a five-foot piece of wood, and you're trying to drill with a screwdriver. The screw. You know how much work you got to put into it to turn it and turn it? And turn it and, and your biceps and your triceps, oh man, I'm tired, and you're there trying to turn it and you're trying to turn it and you're trying to turn it. But is isn't it amazing when you let go of that screwdriver and you go get a power tool and you plug it to the wall, and when you plug it to the wall, you take the same screw, put it on the power tool, and you put it on the wood, and all you gotta do now is just press the button and, and literally in five seconds, you did what was taking you 30 minutes. Let me tell you this, church, it's important that you understand that when you understand the power of putting your hands, your life in the hands of God, and putting the little things God has placed you in his hands, when you understand that, it's like putting your life on a power tool. That's what God is saying, listen, in your weaknesses, in your shortcomings, in the little things you got, put them in my hand, and me, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I will give you the power, I will give you the tenacity, I will give you the strength that in your weakness, I can become Great, says the Lord. So the best way to close a game and win a game is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And by the power of unity. Listen, we need to go back to the power of the Spirit. We need to go back to understanding that some things, the only way we're going to achieve some things in life is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And let let me just say this. In the month of September... We're gonna dedicate September, we're gonna call it Five Revival. And I want you to get, I want you to start praying because Five Revival is gonna happen in September in all of our campuses. What is Five Revival? Five Revival is September has five Sundays. And the number five in the Bible is where we get the word Pentecost, which is the power of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost from five. And what we're going to do is every single Sunday in the month of September, we're going to have a power revival service in all of our campuses. We're going to pray, God, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray, God, for signs and wonders. I Listen, I believe in the power of healing, in the power of miracle. I believe that the church is supposed to be seeing signs and wonders and the world is supposed to be evidencing the glory of God. And for the whole month of September, let everybody else do whatever they do. But we're going to pray. And we're going to believe God for the Holy Spirit, for the gifts of the Spirit, for the power of the Spirit, for the unction of the Spirit. And that's going to cause a revival in all of our campuses. And people who are dead, they're going to be equipped like a power tool in the hand of a person that says, I am here, Lord. Use me for your glory. So I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm excited for what's coming in September. Because we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Some things you cannot solve in your own strength. Some things you cannot accomplish on your own. It is by the power of the Spirit that gives us the capacity to do the things for the glory of God, church. So the best way to close out the game and win is by the power of the Spirit. Some things you're trying to figure out and solve on your own ain't working. Add the Holy Ghost to it. See what happens. That wise, you're trying to throw out the window. Add the Holy Ghost. That husband you're trying to hit with a truck, add the Holy Ghost. That boss is driving you crazy, you know what to do, add the Holy Ghost in there. There's some things that nothing else, look what the Bible says. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says, Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, Not by strength nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Because some things only the power of the Holy Spirit could do. But understand this church. God loves small things because he will use what we have in our lives to give us a big victory. And when I look at New Birth and I see our trajectory, how we started 36 people in my living room, and today we have four campuses, when I see how we started small, a small group of us in my living room, not even knowing where God, what God was going to do in our church. And not even knowing where we were going to be. Not even knowing two weeks before we launched church, we didn't know where we was going to meet at. We didn't have this place locked down two weeks before. And we was in my living room, small. But the t- oh man, that team, oh my God. My first baseman, my second baseman, my third best shortstop, everybody was on, was on, was on, was on, was on point. Pastor, where are we going? Pastor, what we doing? Pastor, what's the vision? And I'm like, I don't know, but we're going to keep marching. I don't know, but it's not by my power. We don't know where we're going to be in two weeks, but we know God called us and he's going to make a way. And three years, nine months later, we have four campuses to the glory of God. God loves small things because he takes those small things to use them for his glory. So our assurance is what the Bible says in Psalms 108, 13. It says, with God on our side, we will win. He will defeat our enemies. So whatever you have been given, I tell you, church, use it for God's glory. Whatever you've been given, if you have a smile, use that smile for God's glory. Your service spirit, use it for God's glory. You're good with math, use it for God's glory. You're good with organization, use it for whatever you have, use it for God's glory to win people for Jesus. Jesus. So I I tell you, church, I tell you, church, join the team. I tell you, church, be part of the team. I tell you, there's a uniform waiting for you in the bleachers. Put it on, and let's win for the glory of God. Let's win. Because we've been called to win, and we're part of a team. And because of that is that now that I want to share my big announcement. If there's anyone here today that heard this word and says, I want to be part of the body. I want to be part of God's kingdom. I want to be a part of God's plan for my life. If you're here right now, I want you to, at the count of three, just to raise your hand to the sky. And I want to pray with and for you all over this room, unafraid, unashamed. There's no pressure. What you're going to do, I did over thir- close to 30 years ago. August 16, 30 years ago, I raised my hand and I gave my life to Jesus. Today is your opportunity to give your life to Jesus. So at the count of three, if you want to be part of the winning team, Jesus being your captain and us being your your co-laborers, if you want Jesus, at the count of three, raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want Jesus. I see one hand to the glory of God. To God be the glory. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.